Hi, and welcome to Evidence for Faith. It's your host, Michael, and I am back with you with another lesson on all these different translations. Why are there so many different translations? And today, we're looking at a really interesting translation. It's a newer one. It's called the New English Translation Bible, though most people just call it the NET Bible, N-E-T. And when you see it, N-E-T, it's always capitalized, N-E-T. And ET means the New English Translation. And uh, this, this is a very uh, useful Bible for um, a lot of people. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It was put together, done in a very uh, strange way that many other translations are done. Um, for a while, it was only available on the Internet. And then finally, it became um, available to be published in, in a hard copy that you could get. But um, there's different versions uh, that they and editions that have been made. It was first begun back in the 1990s, and the first editing part of um, of this, when it was completed, was around 1996. Then in 2005, there was part of an update to it. 2013, and the one you buy basically today is going to be the the 2019 version. And as always, I'll always give you the readability on this translation. This translation is written on a grade eight reading level. So middle school and up. It's a very easy translation to understand. And as we've been doing, I'm going to read Psalm 23 out of this translation to let you get a, a feel of how this this um, this translation and how this net Bible is put together. You'll see the simplicity of its language as we go along here. So this is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He takes me to lush pastures. He leads me to refreshing water. He restores my strength. He leads me down the right paths for the sake of his reputation. Even when I must walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff reassure me. You prepare a feast before me in the plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. Surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days, and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. So that's Psalm 23. And as you can see, that's a little different than the last few translations we have read. And so it's a, it's a little different. Now, why did they make this Bible? Why, why did Bible scholars put this thing together? And it's really interesting because it's, there were 25 well-known Bible scholars from different major universities and stuff around the world that, um, that put this together. And their purpose, the purpose of this translation and why we have this one, um, it was to connect people to the Bible in the original languages in a way never before possible without having years of study in the language of ancient Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Now, they tell you this right in the preface of their Bible. They'll tell you that specifically, and it's written in a dynamic thought-for-thought -thought manner. But the, the study notes, and this is what's key about this Bible, it's the study notes. 
the study notes convey a formal word-for-word edition. I know many people who have purchased this Bible or have or use it simply for not so much the the biblical text, but for the study notes. Um, they they are very important and they help to solve the problems between the two translation methods that being like a thought for thought or dynamic and then the formal word for word translation scholars um disagree if actually it's it's one or the other though it tells you in the preface this is more of a thought for thought but there are some areas where um you know it the the text notes particularly are definitely word for word. They go back to the original wording. It's It most likely fits closer to what we would call, and we've mentioned before, an optimum equivalence. Um, that's sort of like a middle ground between a thought for thought and a word for word translation. But even though it's optimum, it leans a little bit more over to the thought for thought or dynamic. So it's that type of a translation, not word for word. It's more dynamic. In other words, what is God trying to tell us here? And they'll take like a sentence instead of going by word by word. They many times will take like a sentence or a phrase and, okay, what's God trying to tell us? And they put it into English. And that's what they've done. It made it a very understandable English as they put this together. So that is the thought for thought method um, or what we call dynamic. And that's what they did. And they also did something very unique with this translation that each book, particularly in the New Testament, that each book is written a little different um, as to who the author was. The, the writings of Paul are all in a in a type of style that it sounds like it's this one person, Paul. And then when you read something from Peter, it's got a different type of a tone to it. And you read from um, John's gospel or John's epistles. And again, you get different. James has a different one. So it's just like as, as a school teacher, I would have students that would write papers and each student had their own style of writing. The translators of this, uh, um, Net Bible tried specifically to give that impression in the writing, especially of the New Testament. So it's really cool how you can see this as you read through this thing. It's it's very interesting translation. Now, I'll always tell you too, what's this been translated from? Well, these 25 Bible scholars that put this together had access to everything. They had the Masoretic text. They had the Biblia Hebraica. They had the Novum Testamentum uh, uh, Graeca. Um, they had. They used the Septuagint. They used all different types of manuscripts um, and partial manuscripts. Everything they basically could get their hands on. It seems like they use this. So you have a large, one of the largest conglomerations of of all of the manuscript evidence, including Dead Sea Scrolls. They put all of this together in making this, um, this translation. So what's really unique, there are a couple of things that just stand out as being unique. And one is the way that it was actually put together, as I mentioned. In the 1990s, a multi-denominational team, multi-denominational team, um, 25 well-known Bible scholars, experts in ancient languages from various universities and schools and churches across the world got together and they produced this. And I know a lot of this was done um, through like internet and through letters and stuff like this, that they put this 
this thing together. And uh, it was first, like I say, it was first done totally on the internet. And for a while, you just couldn't get a, a hard copy print, but now you can. And um, it's, I have one right here in front of me and I use it frequently just because of the study notes in it. Um, the, the text itself is, like I say, primarily a dynamic or thought for thought uh, translation, but the study notes are so cool because they're word for word format in most cases. Over the years, um, hundreds of Bible scholars, and since they put this thing together, have made contributions. And as they were doing this starting in the 90s, they started getting contributions and, and Bible scholars could add notes to this, to this translation, um, making study notes and things. And um, because, because of this alone, this translation has over 60,900 translator notes in this thing. That is more than any other that I'm aware of, any other translation available today. I mean, you can get study Bibles, like I have an English Standard Study Bible. I have a, a bunch of different study Bibles. But the thing is, this one has more study notes than all of them. Um, I think the precise number, as I read in the preface here, was 60,932 60, notes. I mean, that is an amazing, um, an amazing number. Matter of fact, when I open my Bible, the actual biblical text in a page might just be a few inches where the whole page is full of notes. So if you want notes to help you understand scripture uh, from written from Bible scholars from multiple denominations, you this is a Bible for you. It's really interesting. It is also the, the text of the uh, of the Bible here is very, very easy to read, like I say, an eighth grade reading level. And it provides, like I say, this, this translation just provides a plethora of notes on the words, on the phrases, even getting into the history um, and the cultures of the uh, what's going on in the text. So this provides any pastor, any missionary, and practically any scholar who wants to sit down um, and study this, they will love this type of uh, this translation because of all the notes in it. Um, it's, it's like having access to a hundred Bible scholars as you're reading through the text and helping you to understand, even though it's written in a dynamic, it's helping you understand the individual words that were used there. So you're getting an optimum. You're getting both thought for thought and word for word in this uh, without having one denomination or one pastor who's emphasizing the doctrine in it. So it's really unique like that. Now, are there problems with it? Well, the text of the Net Bible sometimes is a little too dynamic in its rendering. Um, as you heard me read Psalm 23, it takes a little bit of liberties in some cases, and it does this frequently throughout the text um, of, of the, the Word of God itself. And it delves into then more, what I would say is more like an interpretation rather than translating the ancient language. So it is does have that. It, it attempts to make the text into a modern English. Remember, you're taking an ancient ancient languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, uh, and Greek, and you're trying to put it into a modern English language, which is a very difficult thing to do. If you've ever taken a foreign language, even modern French, Spanish, um, Italian, or anything like this, you will always know that you, it's hard sometimes to put words 
um, from a foreign language into English. And so you see this a lot with this type of um, translating. It, it happens like that. And we're going to see this in other translations, too. Um, because of this, it can lead to some misinformation from the original meaning. That's the key thing about a thought-for-thought translation. It sometimes can be misleading to the original message. Um, but that, oh, hold on, there is where the study notes come in and become very useful. Like I say, I know many pastors that purchased this Bible, not so much for the text, they wanted the study notes on this thing. So another problem, though, that is um, that I can describe here is that the design of these study notes. Now, I'm, I've been praising having the study notes, but they can be a problem because well, in some cases, and this is with their intention, it is to add clarity um, to the, the text itself. But some of the notes are not helpful. And some are, well, to the, to the layman, they will be very difficult to understand. Um, some of the texts, they're so technical, they're for scholars um, and people who are very associated with ancient manuscripts and things um, and, and the Word of God in that aspect. So sometimes some of the notes uh, can be a hindrance in a way. And, and plus, there's so many of them. You'll sit here reading um, the Word of God will only take you a few seconds, like to read a verse or two. But if you read all the notes, it's going to take you maybe 20 minutes to read all the notes from just a few verses. So that's one of the problems. Um, but even so, I, I really like this um, this Bible, the Net Bible, because of all these notes. But let's take a look, as we've been doing, and we're going to take a look at, uh, listen here as I read you Titus chapter 2, 11 through 13. And we've been doing this with, and we'll continue to do this with every translation we do, because this is such a strong doctrinal uh, section of verses that we find Paul writing to Titus. So Titus 2, 11 through 13 in the Net Bible reads, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It trains us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. As we wait for the happy fulfillment of our hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what you can't see as I'm reading this is there were extra numbers between, I told you this is verses 11 through 13, but there were extra numbers in the verses going from 16, 17, 18, and 19. Those are all dealing with study notes. So there's a bunch of numbers in these verses. It gets confusing to some people, but that's what they are. But anyway, this you'll, you'll notice that it did not change the doctrine um, of Titus 2, 11 through 13. The doctrine stayed the same. And... Um, you just, I, I, I find that very reassuring, and that's one reason I like this Bible. It's not that bizarre of uh, doctrinal, even though you have so many interdenominational people who put this together. Um, it still stays very true. It's, it's a good translation. Um, just to give you one last comment about this, the, this Bible is designed to help the reader understand. That's the purpose, to help the reader to understand the Word of God. That was their whole purpose in doing it, and in that they have achieved. In some cases, they go way overboard on it, in my opinion, but that that is 
what their, their goal was, and I think they achieved that. I will give it to you in their editor's own words. This is what they have written in the, their Bible describing the Net Bible. And I will quote, It's like having 20 Bible scholars looking over your shoulder as you study the verses, unquote. So that's the Net Bible. Like I say, I have one. I use it frequently, um, more so for the study notes than for the text itself, because you have all these different um, scholars that have added to this, and they've taken um, in the study, study notes, they have taken some some passages from other commentaries and stuff and put them in there. F.F. Bruce and, and well, there's there's a whole host of different um, commentaries that they use in this. And so it's really useful um, for understanding some of the text. So I think they've done a pretty good job at this. Um, so I, I recommend getting the Net Bible. It's one I, like I say, I use frequently. And um, if you don't get bogged down in the notes, I think you will find this really, really an attractive and useful Bible uh, to go along as you study the Word of God. So that's the Net Bible. Thanks so much for joining me as we go through these Bible translations and how they're put together and what's unique and what's different and how are they helpful. And I hope you're enjoying this series. I'm sure enjoying this going through all these different translations. This is a class that I actually teach, a college level course that I teach. Um, and uh, I, I, we just had requests for this and I get asked so many times when I go someplace questions about different translations. So that's why we're putting this whole series together, which I explained in the introduction of this thing. So uh, thanks for joining me. And until we meet again, take care and may God bless. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you to our donors who make this program possible. You can help us produce the next course by becoming a donor at evidenceforfaith.org give or use the links in the description. Don't forget to leave a comment a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.